Welcome to Bible Study with the BWE Ministerial Team. The Bible says, study to show yourself approved. Sit back and listen and learn and be blessed. Thank you for joining us. Well, good evening, listeners. Welcome to BWE Tuesday night, I'm sorry, Monday night Bible study. Excuse me for that. I welcome you this evening. I am your minister, Lisa Kay, and I give honor to God Almighty. First of all, he's the head of my life, and I thank God for Jesus, and I thank Jesus for praying to the Father for the Holy Ghost that God would send another comforter, which God did send in the name of Jesus. I'm grateful. Thank you, Abba Father God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Ghost. I thank God for BWE Global Network for ministry that it is. And I thank God for BWE's chief team, Dr. Jacqueline Renee King. I also bless God for our overseer here at BWE, Apostle Dr. Oscar Underwood, and our state director, Pastor Dr. Teresa A. Moten. BWE is surely blessed, and we thank God for BWE. Before we begin in the word tonight, listeners, let's pray before the Lord. Amen. Abba Father, in the name of our sovereign Lord Jesus Christ, let every ear listening tonight have an ear to hear and a heart to receive what the Holy Ghost will bring forth tonight via your word. Let it edify, exhort, and comfort and build the spirit man. Hallelujah. Let it build, Lord, this evening. Every hearer. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Listeners, tonight I want to give you golden nuggets from the word of God concerning the high price of being foolish. Please hear me. I don't want anybody to take offense. Don't think the rocks are thrown directly your way. Let's just hear the word and obey. Amen. The Bible says, he that is a hearer of a hearer of the word, but not a doer of the word, deceiveth himself. So let's not deceive ourselves. Let's hear the word and do it. Jesus said repeatedly, those that hear and keep my commandments, those are the wise. Hallelujah. And these are my disciples. Hallelujah. We've got to hear and do. We know how grievous it is to hear our parents and not do. It won't fare well, and we knew that as children and as respectful young adults or older adults, we still respect and love our parents, and we want to adhere to the words that they say and incline our ear to instruction as the Bible instructs us to. Amen. So tonight we're going to talk about the grievous cost of foolishness. And why it's such a great to walk therein. We've got to hear the word and obey. Amen, listeners. Okay. There's a lot going on in the land. We know it. And when I say land, I'm talking about 
not just America, but all seven continents, because everything is connected and affected by the other thing. I don't care if you live in North America, South America, Europe, Asia, Africa, Australia, or even Antarctica. You're affected by all the things that are connected in the world today. The land is the globe now. It's all relative, straight across the board. We know this, but God is still almighty, and his word is still all truth, and he is the light, and he's a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our pathway, and we got to keep it moving in him. We don't turn to the left or the right. We want to keep our face like a flint, like the book of Isaiah says, and I'm going to go there, and we're going to be steadfast and unmovable. Amen? Let's look at that. Hallelujah. I'm so excited about this word that God has given to me on today. I want you to see this in Isaiah. Let's go to chapter 50, and we're going to start at verse 4. Amen? I love the word of God. Everything we need is in it, listeners, and we've got to adhere. Isaiah chapter 50, starting at verse 4. The Lord God hath given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him that is weary. He wakeneth morning by morning. He wakeneth my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God hath opened mine ear. And I was not a rebel and I was not rebellious, neither turned away back. I gave my back to the smiters and my cheeks to them that plucked off the hair. I hid not my face from shame and spitting, for the Lord God will help me, therefore shall I not be confounded. Therefore have I set my face like a flint, and I know that I shall not be ashamed. He is near that justifieth me. Who will contend with me? Let us stand together. Who is mine adversary? Let him come near to me. Behold, the Lord God will help me. Who is he that shall condemn me? Lo, they all shall wax old as a garment. The moth shall eat them. Who is among you that feareth the Lord, that obeyeth the voice of his servant, that walketh in darkness and hath no light? Let him trust in the name of the Lord and stay upon his God. We have got to hear and know that God is in control and he is all authority. And if we draw nigh to him, listeners, he's going to draw nigh to us. And he is indeed a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Make no mistake about it. If you seek in the Lord, you're going to find him. Amen. I want you to hear this, listeners. We've got to stay steadfast and unmovable, and we've got to be in the things of God wherein we're called. And whatever particular calling God has called you in, whatever the capacity is, go forth. God is able, and I want you to know it. Don't take for granted that whatever he called, he can back up and go ahead of, preparing the way and then backing you up in the thing that he says. That that he's called you in is already perfected in him. Just trust him in faith. And we walk by faith, not by sight. We're going to see a lot of things, but you got to hear this word, know this word, set your face like a flint, and go forth. Hallelujah. Amen. That's a powerful word in Isaiah 50. And we can't forget. Do you hear me, listeners? 
before I give you uh, biblical examples of some of the people that behave foolishly and the what it cost them, let me just uh, give you several scriptures that talks about foolish behavior. Now, there are many listeners in the Bible, but here are just a few, okay? Proverbs 28 and 26. He that trusteth in his own heart is a fool, but whoso walketh wisely, he shall be delivered. We're going to walk wisely in the word of wisdom, which is the word of God. Amen. Wisdom said in Proverbs chapter 8, I was right there in the days of old. I'm crying out at the gates. I'm in all the chief places with a voice. So we use wisdom, we're going to win because wisdom is going to speak righteousness to us. Hallelujah. Stay in this word, listeners, is so important. Those who walk wisely shall be delivered, not might. Perhaps, maybe, no, shall be delivered. Amen. The word backs itself up because the word is God. The word was with God. In the beginning was the word. Do you hear me? That's what John says, the very first chapter. Hallelujah. Don't forget the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That's what Psalm 111 verse 10 says. Proverbs 1 and 7 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. There's a scripture in the Bible that says you can speak wisdom to a fool and he'll despise you. A fool does not want it. That's why we have to be very careful in how we conduct ourselves, because you don't want to look like a biblical version of a fool when you're a child of God. Come on, let's just adhere to the word. And when, amen, we got to walk in wisdom. And when it's time for deliverance, we shall be. That's the word of God, amen. A fool despises wisdom and instruction. Proverbs 18 and 2 says, A fool hath no delight in understanding, but that his heart may discover itself. Again, trusting in one's own heart. Just as we read in Proverbs 28 and 26. You want to discover your own heart rather than lean on the wisdom and knowledge and understanding of God and his word. A fool has no delight in the understanding. Let's not be that. Amen. Proverbs 24 and verse 7 says wisdom is too high for a fool. Now, surely we don't want to be that. We want to walk in the wisdom of God and know the guarantees we have with a covenant promise over our heads. Amen, listeners. Hear this word today. Proverbs 14 and 9 says, fools make a mock at sin. Can you believe that? But we know it exists today. We see it. People are marching for rights against the ordinances and statutes and commandments of God. We see it every day in the land. If homosexuality was a sin in Sodom and Gomorrah, it's a sin in North America. There is no alternative lifestyle. God made woman for man. Amen? Listeners, hear the word of the Lord and live. 
Believe God, so shall you be established. Believe his prophets, so shall you prosper. That's what Second Chronicles 2020 says. We have got to live this word and win. God knows something about humanity that we don't. So if we adhere to instruction and not be a fool that despises it and walk in wisdom and be delivered because we do so, and hear instruction and have reverence for God and get his wisdom and knowledge just in the fear of the Lord, which is the beginning of wisdom. Another scripture says the beginning of knowledge. We want these things. We cannot start turning to the world and saying, hmm, well, what is wrong with that, God? He told you something was wrong with it. Go with that. There's no searching his understanding, and his ways are past finding out. We'll shout the victory when it's our miracle. But when it's wisdom and knowledge and instruction and understanding, we want to have all these questions. Well, we need to stop now. Amen. There's a lot going on in the land, but set your face like a flint and keep adhering to the word of God. Amen. He that hath an ear to hear, let him hear what thus saith the Lord. His word never changes like he never changes. There is no shadow of turning in him. There's no variableness in our God. So if Jesus is the same yesterday and today and forever, then why do we want to shift and turn? Our God isn't. So let's stay on his page. Amen. We got to remember, fools make a mock at sin, but among the righteous, there is favor. Okay? You want deliverance. You want favor. You want God's grace on your life, and you're going to fall into murky waters going against the word of God. It's just the way it is, listeners. Hear the word of the Lord today. Now, I'm going to show you something in Proverbs. I just want to read this to you. God said it. we got to believe it. Let's go over to Proverbs chapter 1. I just want you to see something now, verses 20 to 23. Wisdom crieth without. She uttereth her voice in the streets. In other words, it's out everywhere. Wisdom has a voice. Wisdom makes itself heard. Amen. I'm telling you, listeners, I wish you would study Proverbs chapter 8 and realize that wisdom was speaking and wisdom is sound And wisdom cries out. Do you hear me, listeners? The Lord possessed me in the beginning of his way. That's what Proverbs chapter 8 says. I I diverted for a minute, listeners. I'm going to go back to Proverbs chapter 1. But in Proverbs chapter 8, the Lord possessed me in the beginning of his way before his works of old. I was set up from everlasting From the beginning, or ever the earth was, when there were no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no fountains abounding with water, before the mountains were settled, before the hills, was I brought forth. Do you hear this, listeners? Sound wisdom. Understanding. Understanding is sound wisdom. Counsel is also mine. This is understanding talking. So it's all-inclusive. Don't forget, pay to not walk in the wisdom, knowledge, understanding, and instruction of God 
a great price to pay, listeners. Why pay the price when we got absolutes and guarantees with a covenant promise over our head in God? He cannot fail or lie. So let's trust and believe and live the good life in Jesus. Amen. Back to Proverbs chapter 1, wisdom crieth without. She uttereth her voice in the streets. She crieth in the chief place of concourse in the openings of the gates. In the city she uttereth her words, saying, How long, ye simple ones, will ye love simplicity? And the scorners delight in their scorning, and fools hate knowledge. How long? Wisdom is telling you right here, it makes no sense. How long are you going to do this? You know you're suffering for doing it. There's an inference here. Wisdom is making a point without even having to say the words. How long? How long, fools, will you hate knowledge? Turn ye at my reproof. Turn you at my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my spirit unto you. I will make known my words unto you. If you come my way, I'll break it all down, I'll explain it, and you'll understand. Because understanding has sound wisdom and wise counsel in it. That's what Proverbs chapter 8 says. We got to get with the program, listeners. God laid it out, and he knew what to tell us to exist in a framework that is prosperity in all things in him. Do you hear me, listeners? Now, all of this being said, I want to give you biblical examples of the cost of being foolish. Let's go over to very familiar scripture, Matthew chapter 25. Amen. We're going to start at verse 1 and go down to verse 13. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise, and five were foolish. There's wisdom and foolishness again. There's a line of demarcation. This is Jesus talking, and he's showing you in these parables what the cost was to not be wise. Listen, listeners, five were wise and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them, but the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there not be enough for us and you. But go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage. And the door was shut. Afterward came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. 
But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. Now, listeners, they're all doing the same thing. Everybody knew the program. They all slept at the same time. They all had lamps. They all knew to have oil. But why the five that were foolish didn't, what is it? Slothfulness, laziness, you just don't believe the bridegroom is actually coming? And when he showed up, what did you think you were going to do? But those that were prepared were absolutely prepared to the point that they had to be authoritative and say, we can't give our oil to you. Then neither one of us will have enough. So in all that time before the bridegroom came, when they could have been prepared just like the wise virgins, they chose not to prepare and lost out. Do you hear me, listeners? They chose not to prepare. Know this. We've got to absolutely stay prepared. We want to let our Lord return and find us about our Father God's business as Jesus was about the Father's business and stay focused. We live and move and have our being in the Lord. So let your light in Christ so shine before men. Amen. Hallelujah. We want him to return, find us winning souls. Because like Proverbs 11.30 says, he that winneth souls is wise. Once again, therein is wisdom. It's wisdom to win the loss to Jesus Christ, just like we were all one to Jesus Christ. Jesus said, follow him and he will make us fishers of men. That's what he said to the fisherman Simon, who was called Peter and his brother Andrew by the Sea of Galilee. He wants us all to be fishers of men. Jesus died for souls, and he took the place of everyone on the cross at Calvary and shed his blood for all mankind. Don't ever forget it. Amen. Let's go over to Matthew chapter 7. I just want you to see something. Thinking about these uh, virgins, the five wise and the five foolish. Look at uh, Matthew chapter 7, and we're going to look at verses 21 through 29. Very important here. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Haven't we been saying that? Fools don't even want to hear instruction. They despise the knowledge of God. They don't want to adhere to understanding in God. It's ridiculous. Like we were saying in Proverbs chapter 18, a fool has no delight in understanding. But that should not be us. So let us not be unprepared when our Lord comes. For as much as we love him so much, we want to live for him. Let's be that vessel when he returns. Hallelujah. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful, and then will I profess unto them. And this is Jesus talking. I never knew you. Depart from me that work iniquity. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth 
them. I will liken him unto a wise man, which built his house upon a rock. Once again, it's wise to hear and do. He that hears the word and does not do it deceiveth himself. That's the Bible. But Jesus is saying, the one that hears these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man, which buildeth his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not. For it was founded upon a rock. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine, and doeth them not, shall be likened unto a foolish man, which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. Because they didn't hear it too, listeners. That's what happened to the foolish virgins. Now you're knocking on the door late when you could have been ready with the five that were wise. What was the point in not being prepared? You knew what you had to do. So when you all woke up hearing this cry, the bridegroom cometh, you just think you were going to just be slack and just kind of get in where you fit in? Well, Jesus says, uh-uh, hear and do. You got to be doing the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Amen. Great was the fall of the house that was not built upon the rock. And it came to pass when Jesus had said all this, the people were astonished at his doctrine. For he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Do you hear me, listeners? Jesus is all authority, all authority, authority personified. Amen. We've got to hear and believe and be one in the Lord. There's one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and we've got to hear and do. Let's not be deceived, listeners. The word lays it out. There is no confusion in it. It backs itself up. Amen. Now, let's look at Second Kings. I want to show you something else where it just is too great a cost to be foolish. Let's go to Second uh, Kings chapter 5. Okay. To paraphrase here, I just want to tell you for sake of time what's going on here. Naaman was the captain of the host of the king of Syria, was a leper, okay? He had leprosy. Naaman's wife's maid, who was taken captive of Israel, had told her uh, about a prophet that was in Samaria and told her if Naaman would go there, surely he'd be cured of his leprosy, okay? And it was told Naaman all that she spoke, and Naaman told the king. And the king said he would write a letter to the king of Israel. The king of Syria said he'd write a letter to the king of Israel to let him know Naaman was coming to be cured of leprosy. Okay? Now the king of Israel rent his clothes after reading the letter because he knew he couldn't cure Naaman of leprosy. That wasn't his calling. 
But the prophet Elisha got word that the king has, had rent his clothes over this because he was sorrowful, like, okay, is this a trick? Are you trying to, you know, just uh, start something with me, in other words? What's really going on? That was his thought, like something must be up. But Elisha said, send them to me. Just send Naaman to me. And the king said, of course he'd do that. And Elisha said, herein will Naaman know that there's a prophet in Israel. Okay? Now, based on Second Kings 5 and 5, Naaman brought gifts. Now, keep this in the back of your mind because we're going somewhere with this. We're talking about foolish behavior today. Is so great a cost. Just walk in wisdom. There's deliverance in doing so. It's so much easier, listeners. Who we beat ourselves up so badly disobeying the word when we can just live the best life in Jesus and adhering to the word of God, hearing and doing. Now listen. Okay, the prophet Elijah, after Naaman had arrived, sent his messenger, Gehazi, to tell Naaman to dip in the Jordan River seven times and he'd be cured. Once Naaman got to Israel. Now listen, listeners. Naaman, you know, was a big shot. And he wanted pomp and circumstance. And he was expecting it to the point where he had to be convinced by one of his servants to do what the prophet had told him to do to get clean from leprosy. Oh, he was thinking, surely he's going to come out and do all this grandiose stuff. You mean to tell me all he did was send a messenger out here to tell me to go dip in the Jordan? He even named other rivers he could have washed in. Aren't they better than that? And his servants were like, if he told you to do a grandiose thing, would you not have done it? Go ahead and dip in the Jordan seven times and and let what the prophet said be manifest. And surely... He dipped in the Jordan seven times, and when he came up the seventh time, his skin was clean. Believe God's prophets, so shall ye prosper. That's Second Chronicles 2020, listeners. Do you hear me? Naaman finally did what he was told, and he was cured, and his skin was clean. Now, of course, after all of this, he wanted to leave gifts with the prophet Elijah, which Elisha would not take. Now we're talking about Elisha, who received a double portion of Elijah's anointing when Elijah was taken up. This is Elisha. Now listen, listeners. Elijah wouldn't Elisha wouldn't take the gift of Naaman. And Naaman continued to try to convince him, but Elisha told him, Go in peace. I don't need your gifts. Now, enter Gehazi, Elijah's servant that did a foolish thing. Now, listeners, let me just kind of appeal to you with this. If the man of God would not take a gift, 
why would you? Think about it this way. God put his word in the mouth of the prophet to the point where he says, believe God's prophet, so shall you prosper. Remember when Saul was king and God wouldn't come to him in a dream, he wouldn't give him a word, he wouldn't talk to him by one of his prophets. When he went to the witch at Endor that he had run out of town years before to get a word and conjured up Samuel the prophet, Samuel was like, I'm God's mouthpiece. Why are you conjuring me up? I speak for God, in other words. He did tell him, your soul's going to be required of you this night. But I have no word for you because the word I speak is God's word. So a word from God is powerfully valuable and very important to the point that you, Samuel was, uh, King Saul was exhausted needing a word from the Lord and could not get one. So now, if I'm watching Elisha the prophet who had just told a leper to dip in the Jordan seven times and I watched him come up the seventh time clean, would I not be watching and praying along with the man of God and following suit? Why would I follow after the very thing that the man of God rejected? We got to think about these things, listeners. When your pastor, your apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, or teacher, whoever the sent man or woman of God is in your life, when they are operating in the wisdom of God and you can see the anointing on them and God's grace and end result falling in their situations, wouldn't you want to line up with that rather than, as we were reading earlier, following your own heart, discovering your own heart rather than going with wisdom and understanding? That's why I read you those scriptures from Proverbs earlier, because it's important to know it costs you to be foolish. Do you hear me, listeners? Why would you chase in foolishness the very thing that wasn't favored by the prophet of God. The end result clearly was going to be unfavorable, which I'm getting ready to show you in the Bible. But in some cases, it could be lethal. And I'm going to show you that too, with Shammai in the Bible concerning King David and how he cursed the king concerning the house of Saul when Saul was king. Oh, listeners, I don't care how we feel about a thing. You know, the Bible says a fool utters his whole mind. A wise man holds it till afterwards. You got to know how to speak, what to speak. And you got to let the Holy Ghost lead you because sometimes we're so filled with things we want to say, and I should have done this, and I should have said that, and the Holy Ghost will stop us every time. I know he's done it to me especially when your feelings have been hurt and you have all these things you want to say. And the Holy Ghost will tell me, and I'm just going to tell you, listeners, flat out, I'm going to keep it real. Are you done? That's how the Holy Ghost will speak to me. Are you done now? Okay. Don't say those things. And I'd be so convicted. And then now I'm feeling guilty because I got words inside of me that I don't want to come out and defile me now 
because I've been checked by the Holy Ghost. Come on, listeners. This is the human side of this thing. It's so important to let this flesh die and build our spirit man up. That's the only way we're going to live victoriously by this word. It is not about our flesh anymore. The flesh is contrary to the spirit man, and it will not line up and believe it won't. Okay, now listen to me, listeners. God put a word in Elisha's mouth, and Gehazi should have adhered, just watching the man of God. Here he's been his messenger for years. Do you hear me? Now, let's look at 2 Kings uh, chapter 5, starting at verse 20. Now listen to this. This is after Elisha turned the gifts down. This is what the messenger did. Verse 20 reads as follows. But Gehazi, the servant of Elisha, the man of God, said, Behold, my master has spared Naaman this Syrian in not receiving at his hands that which he brought. Like, spared him? He didn't want him. There's something he knows about the gifts of Naaman to not receive him. But you see how you always want to discover what's in your own heart and how foolish that is? We read that earlier in Proverbs. Listen to what happened. Okay, he spared Naaman the Syrian in not receiving at his hands that which he brought. But as the Lord liveth, I will run after him and take somewhat of him. Now, isn't that stupid? That's your first mistake, going against the man of God. You saw how he handled the entire situation. He wouldn't even come out initially and talk to Naaman. He sent you. Now, shouldn't you get back in your place? And watch the man of God and follow suit. Clearly there's something he has from God that you need to watch and learn from. Now, so Gehazi followed after Naaman. And when Naaman saw him running after him, he lighted down from the chariot to meet him and said, Is all well? Like now here's his servant. Elisha the prophet turned down everything. Now here's the servant running after me. And he said, all is well, my master. Oh, he said, all is well. Now, listen. Now he's going to lie on the man of God. Listen to this, listeners. Oh, this gets real deep. Foolish behavior is costly. This is what Gehazi said to Naaman. All is well. My master has sent me, saying, behold, even now, there be come to me from Mount Ephraim two young men of the sons of the prophets. Give them, I pray thee, a talent of silver and two changes of garments. Now, if I go back to uh, verse 5 in the same chapter 5, before Naaman had left Syria, he took with him ten talents of silver, 6,000 pieces of gold, and ten changes of raiment. Now, here Gehazi is foolishly asking for the very thing the prophet rejected and lying to Naaman that the prophet sent him to do it. Is this? This is foolish behavior. Okay, they come to me from Mount Ephraim, two young men of the sons of the prophets. Give them, I pray thee, a talent of silver. 
and two changes of garments. And Naaman said, be content. Take two talents. In other words, I brought y'all all these gifts. You can have more than that if you want. Take two talents. And he urged him and bound two talents of silver in two bags with two changes of garments and laid them upon two of his servants, and they bared them before him. And when he came to the tower, he took them from their hand and bestowed them in the house, and he let the men go, and they departed. And he went in and stood before his master. Okay? Now all this has happened. Naaman was confused, like, here's the servant running after me after the man of God rejected the very gifts I was urging him to take. Oh, well, here, take this. So his servants are the one that carried him in for him. You know, Naaman was a big shot now. So there was protocol in all of this. He didn't just say, okay, here, uh, Gehazi, take this. Have a nice day. His servants carried this in for Gehazi. Now, when he came to the tower, he took them from their hand and bestowed them in the house, and he let the men go, and they departed. But he went in and stood before his master, and Elisha said unto him, Whence comest thou, Gehazi? And he said, That servant went nowhere, still telling lies. Do you hear this, listeners? Lies. You lied to Naaman concerning your prophet is sending you now for the very gifts he rejected. And now you're lying to the prophet as if he's not going to know? Listen to what Elisha said to Gehazi, listeners. And he said, thy servant went nowhere. That's crazy. And he said unto him, Went not mine heart with thee when the man turned again from his chariot to meet thee? In other words, I was with you the entire way. I know what took place. Clearly God had given Elisha a vision on it. Do you hear this, listeners? Is it a time is it a time to receive money and to receive garments and olive yards and vineyards and sheep and oxen and men servants and maid servants? He's asking him a question. Like, this wasn't the order of this particular thing. This was not the time to do what you did. And he's standing up there telling a bare-faced lie. And this is what the prophet spoke. The leprosy, therefore, of Naaman shall cleave unto thee, and unto thy seed forever. And he went out from his presence a leper, as white as snow behavior. Watch what you're running after, listeners. What you chase in foolishness, the end result could be unfavorable at the least, but it could be lethal at best. It's horrible, listeners, to think that a, a, a messenger would lie like this knowing he's dealing with one of the greatest prophets that ever lived. But when you in Foolish behavior, you not adhering to wisdom, you despise an understanding, you don't even have delight in understanding, you don't want to know what knowledge of God is, you just discovering your own heart in your foolish way, and it cost him. So since you want to gifts from Naaman, 
take the leprosy too. And not only him, the Bible says, and unto thy seed forever. So everything that was born of you is going to have leprosy. What a cost. What have many cost their families in foolish behavior? Three, four, five, and several generations down, they're still paying for something that great, 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 great granddaddy did that was ridiculous. Listeners, hear the word of the Lord today because I want to tell you something. This word is life. Our God reigns. He lives. I want you to think of Shammai in Second Samuel 16 and Second Samuel 19 and in First Kings, most definitely First Kings chapter 2. Think of Shammai. His first mistake was cursing King David. Do you hear me, listeners? This man cursed the king. Now, I was telling you I'm going to share golden nuggets with you. These are these scriptures we don't often talk about. But do you know what Ecclesiastes 10 and 20 says? Let's just look at it, listeners. Curse not the king. No, not in thy thought. Don't you even think cursing in your thought pattern concerning the king. That's the word. Curse not the king, no, not in thy thought, and curse not the rich, for a bird of the air shall carry the voice, and that which hath wings shall tell the matter. You ever heard the expression, a little birdie told me so? Well, it looks like to me the Bible just backed that up. In other words, these words will be found out. You can't even think cursing of a king. Shammai was foolish. He kept referring to David as a bloody man because of the house of Saul. What fell upon King Saul was King Saul's fault. But in foolishness, this man cursed a king in his ignorance. And the Bible said he kicked dirt at him and threw stones at David to the point that all his captain of hosts was like, I'll take this man's head off, just give me the word, King David. He's like, no, no, Mm-mm. hold your peace. I know the sins I got. If I let this lie, maybe God will forgive me of some of my things. David was very lenient with him. But listeners, I'm going to tell you about the wisdom of a king. See, God puts a heart and a mind in a king. Just read the Bible. He changes you for the anointing that he puts on you. That's why you don't act like you did when you were in the world because now God has changed your heart and renewed your mind and put his spirit in you and his anointing upon you and you don't act like you used to act and you don't look like you used to look. Do you hear me, listeners? God prepares a king. There's something particular that he walks in from God that everyone just does not have. He gave it to Saul. He gave it to David. He gave it to Solomon. Lord have mercy. Hear the word of the Lord this evening, listeners. I'm telling you, the cost is too great to be foolish. We have got to adhere to the word and to the wisdom in the word. This man 
curse the king, Shammai. Read Second Samuel 16 and Second Samuel 19, listeners, for sake of time. I want you to know this story. And First Kings, most definitely First Kings chapter 2, to see how this all came to an end. But I'm going to tell you something. There is something about the wisdom of a king. Do you hear me, listeners? The Bible says in 1 Kings chapter 2, I just want you to see this in verse 8 and 9. Though David kept his cool concerning Shammai, this is what he told his son Solomon in verses 8 and 9. And behold, thou hast with thee Shammai, the son of Gera, a Benjamite of Behurim, which cursed me with a grievous curse in the day when I went to Mahanaim. But he came down to meet me at Jordan, and I swear to him by the Lord, saying, I will not put thee to death with the sword. Now therefore hold him not guiltless, for thou art a wise, art a wise man, and knowest what thou oughtest to do unto him. But his whore head bring thou down to the grave with blood. Then David slept with his fathers and was buried in the city of David. Don't ever underestimate what a king will talk about to his predecessor, which would be his son. Bible says Solomon was given wisdom by God because he didn't ask for things and riches and glory for superficial reasons, but asked him for the wisdom to govern his people Israel. And God gave that man wisdom that the Bible says no man before him had, nor any man after. And that would include his son David. But David still was given something so powerful to lead. Do you hear me, listeners? He saved it until afterwards. A foolish man uttered his whole mind. But a wise man saved it to afterwards. There's a time to speak on this thing. And I'm going to speak it in the quietness of my solitude with my son that will precede me as king just before I go to be with my forefathers. Don't underestimate it, listeners, because when you're doing a foolish thing, way up in the future, you'll pay for it. How often have we seen it? Let's hear the word of the Lord today. Do you hear me, listeners? If you continue to read all of 1 Kings chapter 2, Solomon knew what Shammai was made of because he told him. He told him you got wickedness in your heart. He told him. He let him know. Your blood is going to be on your own head. I'm going to let you build a house here and dwell here and don't go anywhere. Adhere to what I'm saying. He knew who he was dealing with. Way up later, he leaves the premises that he agreed to never leave. I don't care what the reason was. You went against a, a, a bond and the word that you made with King Solomon. Solomon knew. His father told him, you know exactly what to do. See how your own foolishness will trip you up? All people have to do is set up the situation for you to fall therein because they know you foolish. He told them, you got wickedness in your heart. I know your wicked heart. Read chapter 2, listeners. You got to see this. 
I want you to know that the word of God is powerful. God does not play. And what Solomon set up, all he had to do was wait for the foolishness and wickedness of this man to just come forth up out of him. And he was taken by his very own foolishness. And he told him, just before he lost his life, because that's what it cost Shammai, thy wickedness shall be upon thine own head. Thou knowest the wickedness which is in thine heart. And all that you did to David, my father, see how he brought all that back. David excused your sin and left it until afterwards so his son could handle it. Stand listeners, why it's important to love wisdom and instruction and knowledge and understanding and turn to wisdom, turn to life, turn to God, period. Turn to Jesus who is Lord. Let the Holy Ghost lead and guide you and bring all things to your remembrance like the Bible says he will. Jesus prayed, I'm going to pray the Father to send you another comforter, meaning he wasn't the first one. He will lead you, guide you, and bring all things to your remembrance. He's the spirit of truth himself, God our comforter, the Holy Ghost. Do you hear me, listeners? Read this. David forgave the sins of Shammai, knowing he would discuss this individual with his son. I can wait this out. God has been too good to me. I can hold my peace, and this will be handled in another time. But I know my son, who knows what to do, will handle it. Guess what? God said that about Jesus. I know my son that knows what to do will handle it. He's going to be about my business and finish this thing, and he did it. Not only did he go to the cross in our place, he went to hell. He's got the keys to death, hell, and the grave. That's why the grave has no victory and death has no sting. He made an open show of Satan on his own domain and overthrew him in hell. Our God is God, and he's got all authority, all power in heaven and in earth. And because he's the first fruit of many brethren, he's a victor, and we are victorious for through him. Hallelujah, fruit of many brethren. Do you hear this, listeners? The cost is too great in regard to foolish behavior. I want you to hear this. Read the word, listeners. Know the word. Follow the word and be established in God. God has a covenant promise with his believers. And it's a life of absolutes and guarantees in the God that's got a covenant promise over our heads. Believe God, so shall ye be established. Second Chronicles 2020. Do you hear me? Know, hear. Don't deceive yourself by hearing and not doing, but hear and do. Hear what Jesus says. 
my people are going to be about my father's business, hearing and doing. These are the ones that I know. The ones that don't do, I don't know them. Period. It's not rocket science. Do you hear me, listeners? It's not rocket science. I bless you on today. I hope you have an ear to hear this word and let it be applied to your heart and build you in your spirit, man. Amen. I love you. God bless you. Have a wonderful resurrection holiday. And remember, our God is God. Hear him, obey him, and live. And then live with him throughout all eternity. Isn't that a beautiful thing? God bless you, listeners.